Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we read that great story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, over the past few weeks, we have heard miracles performed by Jesus Christ in John's Gospel. Now, what's so interesting, each one of these miracles increase in intensity week after week. We see the power, the spiritual power of God growing week after week through these miracles. And what's important is, after each miracle, the people's eyes in the gospel, they're beginning to open up. They're beginning to see who Jesus truly is. I'll give you some examples. A couple weeks ago, we had the story of the woman at the well. Jesus evangelizes her. Now, you may say, well, of course, he evangelizes a lot of people. But what's different here, the woman was a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews hated each other. And yet, Jesus evangelizes her. Better yet, she becomes a prophet for Christ. At the very end of the story, she runs back into the town and she tells the people who Jesus is and what he has done for her. Now, the level of intensity increases. Last week, we have the story and the miracle of the man born blind. Here, this man was blind his entire life. Jesus takes him and essentially he restores his sight. The man can now see. People witness this, and now they've come to believe who Jesus is. So again, we see Jesus's divine power increasing. Well, this week, the intensity is turned up. We see Jesus's divine power growing this week through the powerful miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, what's interesting at the same time, through these miracles, Jesus is drawing closer and closer to Jerusalem, where he's going to face his impending death. And so we see how, as he's drawing to Jerusalem, these miracles are increasing in demonstrating Jesus' power. But more importantly, the people are beginning to see who he truly is, such that when Jesus mounts the cross, and he is raised up on the cross, then all the eyes of the world will be opened up. Then everyone will know who Jesus truly is, the Son of God, and what he has done for us. By his sacrifice, he has saved the world. So what is so amazing, how is you see this progression of spiritual intensity, this progression of Jesus' divine power growing and growing through each of these miracles. Now, take the story or the miracle for today, the story of Lazarus. How does it begin? Lazarus is sick. He's lying in bed, and he's in a town called Bethany. Well, Lazarus in Hebrew means God helps. So Lazarus is in dire need of God's help. 
Basically, he's on his deathbed. He lives in a town called Bethany. In Hebrew, it means house of the afflicted. Immediately, John is reaching out and grabbing our attention. How so? Well, from time to time, we too suffer from afflictions. They come in different forms, maybe poor physical health, poor spiritual health, maybe anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. Nobody is immune from these things. So in some ways, you could say in the midst of our struggles, we too live in our own Bethany. Now next in the story, it says the sisters sent word for Jesus. And it says Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But he remained in his location for two days before he set out to go to visit Lazarus. Now that is very odd. Now for all of us, When we hear that a family member or a friend is sick, and in Lazarus' case, gravely ill, immediately we're compelled to help that person. We want to first visit that person, whether they're in the hospital or at home, and then we want to tend to their needs. You know, if they need food, we'll go out and grocery shop for them. If they need prescriptions filled, we'll go to the Walgreens and get that done. We'll do anything to help them and to help them get better. But Jesus doesn't do anything. He doesn't act immediately, knowing fully well Lazarus is potentially dying. Now, why is that? Well, I think it raises the same question. Why does God make us wait to answer our prayers? I think St. Augustine addresses this question the best. He says, God doesn't answer our prayers right away. Because we need a period of waiting. Now, during that time, Augustine says, God takes our hearts and he stretches them and he pulls them to the extent that after an appropriate time, our hearts have expanded enough to receive all of God's graces and all of his blessings of that answered prayer. Now, more to it, during this time of waiting, essentially, we are aligning our will to the will of God. That's why when we pray the Our Father, we say and pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're praying that our will will be aligned to the will of God. And when that happens, yes, our prayers are answered. Now next in the story, Jesus arrives and he's found out that Lazarus has been dead for four days. The implication here is death has the final say over us. And yet in this miracle, Jesus shows God's divine power. Now, Martha runs out to Jesus, and she greets him. Now, it's interesting, Mary stays at home. Now, Martha expresses great confidence and faith in Jesus. And Jesus essentially says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the source of divine life. And we receive that divine life at the moment of our baptism, When we were baptized, Jesus came into our life and he joined his life to ours. And he'll never be separated. Our life is one in which we share it with Christ in this world as well as in the world to come for all of eternity. Better yet, in subsequent sacraments, especially the Eucharist, we receive the body of Christ on a regular basis every week or every day. And in doing so, 
The Eucharist helps us to remain always in that shared life with Jesus Christ. See, that's why coming to Mass every week is so very important for us to remain in that shared life with Christ. Now, stay with Martha. She gives us this great statement of faith. She says, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Friends, here we see what redemption looks like. Remember the story in which Jesus goes over to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house for dinner. Martha engages in this frenzied pace of hospitality. And yet, Mary doesn't lift a finger to help her. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, and she's taking all in, everything that Jesus is talking or speaking about. Martha becomes so frustrated that she goes to Jesus and she yells at him and says, Tell her to help me. See, Martha didn't understand who Jesus was at that time. Now she does. And now she makes that great proclamation of faith. So what does this mean for us? It's a message of hope. Sometimes we don't understand our faith. We become frustrated. We become overwhelmed by the challenges of life. And we recognize and are impatient because our prayers are not answered on a timely basis. Therefore, we become angry with God, maybe even lash out. Well, Martha is a great symbol of hope and redemption for us all. She didn't understand, and that's why she yelled at Christ at first. And yet, over time, she saw, she knew, and now she believed who Jesus truly was. That's why she makes that great proclamation of faith. See, that's hope for all of us. There are moments in which, yes, our faith is weakened, but God enters into our life to strengthen us. And like Martha, we come to see, know, and believe the presence of Christ in our life. Next, they take Jesus to the tomb, and it says Jesus wept. Well, Jesus experienced the full range of human emotion, even to the point of tears. You know, sometimes I think we tend to overlook Jesus' humanity and overemphasize his divinity. Jesus was fully divine, but he was also fully human. He experienced all human emotions, both joys as well as sorrows. Now Martha says to Jesus, He has been dead for four days. Certainly there will be a stench. Again, it marks the decisiveness of death, since by this time the process of decay has probably gone underway. Now remember, they, the, the Israelites were not able to embalm. They didn't have that technology back then. So Martha is simply stating a simple fact. It's a reminder of death's grip over us. Now, Jesus, it says, with a loud voice said, Lazarus, come out. Now, emphasize that loud voice. When I hear that, I always remember Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 16. Paul writes, For the Lord comes down from heaven, and with a loud voice, the voice of an archangel, the dead will rise. Well, it's a great scene of God calling us out of sin at baptism, of original sin, and then bringing us into life through subsequent sacraments. Now, where else do we see this? Well, in the Bible, 
Just go to the Old Testament. God awakening the dead in a very powerful way. Look at Exodus. God goes ahead of the Israelites in the form of a fiery cloud and leads them out of slavery to the promised land. Well, look at Joshua. As he is about to attack Jericho, it says the angels blew seven trumpets and the walls of Jericho fell. And Joshua and the Israelites rushed in and conquered Jericho in order to get to the promised land. See, all these images are of God calling those people who were thought to be dead into action, into life. One last thing to think about. Jesus commands the people, untie him. It was an ancient Jewish custom to anoint the body and then wrap it up in a shroud before burial. Well, he commands the people, untie him. Because Lazarus is no longer bound by the grip of death, nor are we. We are no longer held hostage by death. Through Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, Jesus has broken the grip of death over us, now and forever. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. You can't afford not to reread this story, this gospel passage for this weekend. The story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It's a great and intense miracle and story that will help us to prepare us for Holy Week as we begin it next week on Palm Sunday. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.